What is going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to chat with Zach of the band Saul over Zoom video. So we had Saul on the podcast in October of 2020, uh, but we had Blake on, Zach's brother Blake, who is the singer of the band. So it was really cool this time to hear Zach's side of the story, since they are brothers. We kind of recapped on some of the things that we spoke with Blake about as far as their upbringing and how they got into music. Really, uh, Zach started off in music in the family, and he had a band and asked his brother to join as the bass player. That band kind of fizzled out, and the two of them started to write songs, which then became Saul. If you listen to the first interview, you can kind of get more of the backstory on on how the band ended up getting signed and everything. We dive into it a little bit with Zach, but uh, it was really cool to kind of pick up the story with him uh, after they released that album with Spine Farm. So we had a chance to hear about the tours they did after they put the album out. We heard the process of writing and recording this new album, which they've been sitting on for a little bit of time now. I mean, they recorded it in Nashville in about a month in 2022, and it just came out. But we hear all about the new album, their recent tour with Memphis May Fire, and their upcoming tour with Red. You can watch our interview with Zach on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be awesome if you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, like us on Facebook and uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be amazing if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Saul. I'm Adam, and this is about you and your journey in music, and uh, we'll We'll talk about the band, but since I, I mean, I heard a lot about uh, the kind of the coming up story and then into that album. So we can kind of pick up a bit more in detail after that, I, I if that's cool with you. And then obviously yeah. I want to hear uh, like what, what happened on your end. Cause I know your brother joined your band, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, man. I think. Yeah. So many eons ago it was, yeah. I was the one that kind of got into music first, uh, you know, the rock and roll corrupted my soul. And then uh, <laughs> as it was dragging me down, I decided to drag him down with me. There you go. Um, yeah. So you got, I mean, because you guys grew up in a really small town, right? I think your brother said there was like 50 people in the high school or graduating class. Or oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like actually, so we actually uh, decided to come back home. Uh, we're, we like literally live back to back now, just behind oh, each wow. other. Oh, wow. That's yeah, awesome. So our town is like 600 people. 85% are probably over like 70 years old. <laughs> <laughs> so you're the, yeah. the young kids like causing mischief there in, in the town. Yeah. Well, but, our kids are now. I'm just, oh, your kids. when I'm home, I'm usually home, you know, doing stuff in the house. That's awesome, man. <laughs> well, okay. So you got, yeah, I mean, grew up in a very small town. I can't remember. You, is anyone else in the family doing music at all or musical or creative? Yeah. Um, my dad and his side of the family, uh, like his mom and her sister used to, you know, play music together, guitar and piano. And then my dad was a drummer in high school. So okay. I think rhythm kind of just sprinkled down. Okay. And then were you like, at what age did you get into music? It sounds like 
at least from when your brother was more into sports or was in sports and yep. then you kind of yep. took him to play bass for you guys but like yep. so you kind of started off uh in the music realm as a yeah. as far as between the two of you correct yeah yeah yeah. i um actually what kind of got piqued my interest was uh fifth grade joining concert band um and i started playing baritone and i it came pretty natural and i i really liked some of the like the melodies and rhythms and then um about the age of what was it 13 12 13 something like that a buddy of mine got a guitar and i decided to get a guitar as well and we just started messing around formed a uh cover band started writing a few originals the bass player couldn't make it i asked blake to step in and uh kind of just went from there yeah and you guys were it was i think the band was called sequoia from what yeah. i remember i'm saying yeah, yeah of course. so yeah, yeah so, so you did that for a while and uh if i mean he, i think he said something along the lines of like you guys are mainly doing covers and then you you two started writing music together and uh yep. kind of broke away from the 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 band kind of split at that point and the two yeah. of you really just kept going with it. Right. Yeah. The two other guys uh, weren't jiving with like the direction that we were wanting to take it, which mm -hmm. totally makes sense. Um, I mean, they were more into the heavier, uh, you know, like Slipknot side and Blake and I, I mean, I've been a tool fan for ever. So <laughs> got the shirt on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I did an interview yesterday. And I was wearing my other tool shirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've, Adam Jones is my uh, biggest idol. So a lot of that ambient, but yet still aggressive stuff. And I kind of like the, the poly rhythms. And I think that's what kind of drew me into like kind of what we're doing now with like what meets the kind of the new age, modern gent style mm -hmm. It's kind of more from um, that Adam Jones era, I think. Okay. And you guys are writing in that similar vein when, when you started playing, just writing the music together, the two of you? Yeah, we definitely, it definitely wasn't like the seven string gent, but yeah, more of the progressive side, I guess. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. We were, we were quite different. Um, and then I, I remember one day I was, uh, we were playing with a band and uh, the drummer pulled me off to the side and asked if we were big fans of a band called Tesseract mm -hmm. and I've never heard of them. And I went and looked them up and I immediately fell in love with them. And uh, it wasn't too long after that. I went out and got my first seven string guitar and we started, uh, I wrote the main guitar riff for uh, one of our songs called Bolide. Uh -huh. And then it, we just started morphing and metastasizing into that realm i guess oh cool and because your brother wasn't the original or he was probably the original singer of your band with right. with yeah of saul but before that he wasn't singing he was just playing bass and yeah. then at what point was it when you guys started this project that he he started to sing yeah it was odd um i think he was pretty uncomfortable with it at first um but then we noticed he was uh pretty natural singer and he had a like a kind of a unique style um and the sound of his voice was really good um but for, there was a long time that we looked for singers and every time we had an audition of someone he's like i i i could do it better i could do it better <laughs> so then it just kind of like well then why are we even looking let's right. let's just stick to it you know 
Okay. And then, yeah. So then you guys started the band and what we're doing, uh, what playing locally. I remember him saying something about you guys won some radio contests and you didn't even know about it. Yeah. The very first time. So, um, once we got it going and started writing, uh, we caught wind of a, a drummer just North of us, like 15 miles, he, uh, you know, my, we were in high school still, um, talked him into coming down and he was a phenomenal drummer and we wrote our first EP. It was like five songs. Um, it was self-titled, you know, we didn't, we didn't really know. Um, we just went to a local studio and cut it. Um, and then like the big FM station in the, the closest big city, um, in Sioux city, Iowa, they had like a Sunday night local talent thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if we submitted it or someone else, they got wind of it and we ended up winning an award, like the, the best something. And (laughs) that's that's when we really started realizing like um i think we just started thinking like well maybe we should do something with this you know but Mm -hmm. i i I knew that i wanted to do music because i don't know i have like adhd really bad so So i like yeah i gotta be moving a lot (laughs) yeah yeah. Me, me too and then like especially like now nowadays i like being creative outside of music doing a bunch of different stuff and then i'm like damn it, I got to go back to music and do this, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Today, hip-hop dominates pop culture, but it wasn't always like that. And to tell the story of how that changed, I want to take you back to a very special year in rap. 88, it was too much good music. The world was on fire. fire yeah. I'm Will Smith. This is Class of 88, my new podcast about the moments, albums, and artists that inspired a sonic revolution and secured 1988 as one of hip-hop's most important years. We'll talk to the people who were there. And most of all, we'll bring you some amazing stories. You know what my biggest memory from that tour is? It was your birthday. Yes, and you brought me to Sade. Life-size cardboard cutout. (laughs) This is Class of 88, the story of a year that changed hip-hop. Listen to Class of 88 wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge the entire series right now on the Amazon Music app or Audible. With, um, I mean, from that, you guys were still in high school when that song started to do something on that radio station or were you out yeah, at that point? Yeah, so, yeah. This, the, the song was called Snow White and um, it got a little bit of traction, um, especially in the Midwest, I would say. Mm-hmm. And from yeah. there, like when you graduate, are you, was, was the band the full-time thing for both of you at that point? Like as far yeah, as like, um, you didn't, you didn't, uh, I remember, well, he, he said that you guys kind of took a hiatus, but like before that, like when you graduate, was it like, okay, let's just run this band full, try to make this happen? Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a, a girlfriend at the time that led me up to Minneapolis. Um, and I was actually trying to um, go to school, engineering school at, um, oh man, not McNally Smith. There was another one, IPR or something like that. A really College up like, there. Yeah, it's pretty prestigious for engineering and stuff because I I knew I mean I've always wanted to do that kind of stuff, um, but my grades were terrible in high school and so I didn't get any scholarships and um, mom and dad didn't want to co-sign any college loans because it was like fifty k or something. Oh so, sure. Yeah, yeah. So I just stayed 
stayed back and we just started pummeling music. Blake had a daughter and there was a few kinks here and there, but yeah, um, throughout the years, you know, we just kept rolling. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, because he was saying they get you guys got jobs and were kind of put the the band aside for a few years, right? Two or yep. three years. Yep. And then what what sparked it to get back together? And then I think that was with Enos, right? And then you you had brother, and it became like a big. Yeah, I mean, um, throughout the the years, you know, we were still writing and performing, uh, and you know, we were trying to do things. It just wasn't just wasn't where we wanted it or where we needed it. Um, and then, yeah, it was, man, I can't remember what year it was. Um, Blake decided, cause we were, mind you, we were three piece. Right. For all those years. So Blake was playing bass and singing bass and singing. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, we started having some serious talks and he brought up that he thinks that the next evolution would probably be him just singing and getting a bass player. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was such a phenomenal bass player. I couldn't see it happening until we met Will. Um, we were partying at a party and a mutual buddy brought him and we got along with him. So we decided to have him come to the band. Um, and then he, he's from uh, Lincoln, Nebraska. He decided to move up our way. And that's when we decided to spend like two or three years of doing agricultural work, saved our money got mm-hmm. spent a lot of money and time working on our light production, got our EP um, eons rolling. And uh, that's where brother came from. Um, and then we had the opportunity to take it to radio. And that's when stuff in, in the meantime, I had um, met my wife who had two daughters. Oops. Sorry. Someone's calling me. Oh, good. Um, yeah. So you said you got married during that time. Yeah. And she had, uh, two girls already. So, um, I was trying to, you know, grow up a little bit and we, we (laughs) ended up having a kid and that's when I had to pull her off to the side and be like, you know, we have the opportunity to take this full time and stuff. Um, basically when musicians have to do that, basically they're asking their spouse to kind of hold the house down financially so it was pretty rough for a minute there but you know it is what it is yeah well look i mean you guys have achieved so much now and you're signed to a label and you're putting out an out another album with tomorrow i believe yeah it drops at midnight tonight which is crazy that's so exciting man well um so that happens you i know you got some real love from like uh serious uh octane i think you played it quite a bit and Um, from there, was that what led to the spine farm relationship that you guys getting signed or was that yeah. quite a bit later? Uh, we dropped brother. I think it was January 25th of 19 and by April 16th of the same year is the day that we signed the contract to spine farm. So it happened pretty fast. Wow. That was probably a big moment, big day for you all. Yeah, it was, uh, it was crazy how fast it went. And then. I mean, brother lived on, I mean, it lived past the, they suggest about six months for a strong radio single. Right. And I mean, it lasted us the whole year, pretty much. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I was in radio for 15 plus years and I've seen some of them. They, if you get lucky, you get into like the recurrent section where they keep playing the record for, you know, after the the cycle kind of ends. Yep. Because, you know, we um, 
you know, we signed with Spine Farm in April and we decided to put out uh, an, another single off of the the album that wasn't released yet, Rises Equals, um, the song Trial by Fire that November. Um, but then like it was, man, everyone was still talking about Brother and kind <laughs> of just, you know, pushed that off to the side. And then we ended up getting like number five best song of the year on Sirius XM Octane. Wow. Yeah, and it was it was unreal because I remember we were all sitting down listening to it because we, you know, I wasn't familiar with it before we started rolling with stuff. And then we start hearing all these ginormous bands and we're like, oh, yeah, dude, we're totally not in this. And then we came in at number five and it was pretty unbelievable. Oh, man, that's huge. That is so big. Yeah, it was um, cool. And so you signed that contract in April and then yep. uh, you... I, I remember you guys were going to do a big tour or something was set up and then the pandemic, you know, stopped that all. But during that time period where you, you already had uh, the album done and spine farm, what got involved after you guys had the record finished or like what you said, you signed in April after kind of <laughs> brother, but um, with rise of e at rises equals, was that a, a product that was done prior to signing with them? No. Um, I think our whole intention was to try and get signed off of the EP. So we didn't, we didn't really work on any new material. We were just like, here's the five songs. This is the EP. And um, once we started getting uh, some attention with the single, that's when we, you know, we shopped, we had interest from like, I don't know, five or six different labels or something like that. Uh -huh. um, but the, the cool thing was, is our manager at the time, Chris Dawson, um, he's the one that helped us throughout all this stuff. And he's the one that worked on the record. So oh, then, wow. yeah, yeah. So he, he's a, you know, writer, engineer, producer. Mm -hmm. And, um, we, the, the record was pretty much done by the time we got with him. Um, he did some flavors to stuff on the EP. Um, and then when, when we signed, we set some time off to the side and we just went down to his place and we, put together the the rest of the tracks for rises equals well wow. and was that the first time you had worked then with a producer was everything done prior to that just the you guys uh we worked with engineers and uh a couple producers here and there but um nothing th this was a different experience because it was like a more modern take um i don't know it was it's just it was quite different because mm -hmm. then uh dawson had um he was in a band called seasons after mm -hmm. so his his guitar player that was in that band who's his name's uh jimmy Beatty, phenomenal writer phenomenal guitarist singer he stepped in and helped us with um all you know the other tracks on the the record so it was it was interesting to work with like writers like that you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. it was kind cool of having a co-writer in that's seasoned in it all yeah yeah yeah, yeah, uh, definitely uh, opened our eyes to different things and leveled up. And then we actually had the opportunity to work with um, Morgan Rose from Seven Dust. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. He um, helped co-write our song Inside on that record. And then Eric Ron, who's a badass out of L.A., uh -huh. he's he's making a huge name for himself still to this day. And um, man, who else did we work with? Duh, David Draymond of Disturbed for King oh, of Misery. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I can't believe I almost forgot that. 
That's incredible. So then you, you, yeah, yeah, you get these, you get to work with these people and then you put out the album and in the midst of, you know, the end of 2020. And uh, from there, that's kind of where I caught up with your brother at. So like you put the album out and then were you able to like, what, what kind of happened after that? I mean, October, then you, what did you tour the album with stuff opening up at all at that point? Or how did that no. take you into the next year? I think uh, we got lucky because we live literally in the heart of the Midwest. And uh, not that people weren't taking the pandemic and COVID seriously, but I mean. I guess if there's only five, 600 people in your town. Right. So we were still <laughs> able to do some shows, um, some festivals. I mean, because um, we were at a point where the we i mean dude we almost went bankrupt because we could we couldn't do anything for a hot minute and then we decided like let's roll let's start doing stuff mm -hmm. um because we were doing some like online um what do you yeah, even like call live them? live yeah stream like shows live streams and stuff yeah which is all you know which is all right we we're trying our best to stay active and keep people interested but i mean it man i know the music is for people but it was I don't know if it was the best decision for us to drop that right in the middle of the pandemic. I don't mm -hmm. know if I would do it different, but I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's rough. I mean, it's one of those things where no one knew how long I was going to go for it. Right. I mean, you just have yeah. to, you had to make I'm, like a yeah game time decision. Like there's nothing else to, you, you know, do you hold it? I'm for still two really years? bitter about that whole thing. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. really bitter about the COVID. I'm uh, that's a whole nother topic, but <laughs> I feel you, man, for sure. 100%. Yeah. Um, um, but we did, we did have the opportunity to go out and support a tray you. Oh, wow. That's big. Um, which was an awesome tour. It was not, it was bad. It was, it wasn't an awesome tour. Oh man. It was supposed to be a tour of a lifetime, but there was, there was too many, uh, politics and, Man, we like mask here, mask there. We couldn't get off the tour bus. Like we we were told not to mingle with fans. We couldn't talk to anyone. It was basically oh, wow. like, like it was like prison style. And, you know, just button heads with some of the people on the tour. And it was just not. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, I, to be put like you're probably so excited. Like we get to do this trade tour. Like this is going to be insane. And yep. then it's. A hundred percent, not what you thought it was going to be. Yeah, the tray, you guys, that camp, we appreciate everything that they offered to us and let us do. Uh -huh. Um, so I don't want it to come off as negative. Like no, that. no, I'm not saying that for to yeah. them, but I'm just saying in general, like I could, if, yeah. yeah, you finally get this. You're like, yes, we get to do this big tour. We're doing this big opportunity with the tray, you, and then oh. it's not the I. We get to go out and, and see the fans yeah. and, and get together with everybody and, and make mm -hmm. it more of like a family like party ish. Right yeah you know yeah, situation yeah i don't know we felt like the black sheep or something the camaraderie wasn't there i don't know it was just it was very it was very odd and um but i don't know we learned some things uh uh but what you know what really kind of sucked about that is um you know kind of going back a little bit we were supposed to go out and support hell yeah and all that remains and that got canceled because of covid Oh, wow. Which was a ginormous tour. Uh -huh. And then 
yeah, that hit, we put out the record in October of 20. And I think it was that November into December is when the, the Atreyu tour started. If you're an independent artist, you may know the struggle of you got these great songs. How do I get them in front of record labels, radio DJs, get them on Spotify playlists? How does this happen? Well, friends, this is Adam from Bringing It Backwards, and I'm going to tell you about this amazing website called DropTrack. DropTrack will get you a free press release for your music with the new AI-powered PR agent from DropTrack. DropTrack has helped thousands of independent musicians actually get their music heard by connecting them with record labels, radio DJs, Spotify playlist curators, and now DropTrack is leveraging the power of AI to help you promote your music. It's super simple. All you have to do is upload your song, and then DropTrack will write a professional, personalized press release that describes your music all in just seconds. Then DropTrack helps you share it with the world. You might ask yourself, Adam, why do I need a press release for my music? Well, you need a press release because you need to be able to describe your music in words. You can send the press release to record labels or radio programmers, media outlets, and these industry folk and your fans will actually be able to read about your music before they even press play on the song. This will also get them interested in your music so they want to listen to it. A really good friend of mine's been an independent musician for a number of years, written so many great songs, but he's like, why do I need a press release? So I explained to him the importance of the press release, being able to describe the music. People know what they're getting into before they even press play. He drops his song into drop track. It writes this beautiful press release. Then all he has to do is just send it out. Super simple. What are you waiting for? Get a press release for your own song. Try it now for free at www.droptrack.com. That's droptrack.com. That's D-R-O-P-T-R-A-C-K, droptrack, droptrack.com. Check it out today. It is, it's still insane how uh, the world hasn't bounced back from like, there's nothing worse than being a touring musician and like an oversized vehicle and everything is closed always. Yeah. And it's still like that. It seems like, like every city is shutting down by like 11 or midnight. It's so yeah, weird. I just think there's not enough people that are willing to work and, and stay, keep stuff open later. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's frustrating. Uh, yeah. I can't imagine. Um, well, okay. So that, yeah, that was, that was something. And then, you guys, when do you start working on this album that's coming out today? Because there's a couple of years there. I mean, was it just touring and supporting that album and, and just working on this new record? Like, what have yeah, you guys we, kind of been up to? Um, We were down in Nashville for over a month working on this album with Kyle O'Dell. Um, you know, so, so some, some things happened. We decided to take the record from... I don't know. It was, oh man, it's a, uh, it's a bucket of worms with things. We changed management and, you know, there was just a bunch of things that we didn't feel. I don't know. I felt like a lot of balls were dropped and we were trying to pinpoint what was going on and what needed to change because we're, you know, we're all about family and friends and business and trying to do business as good as possible. But 
if something is getting in the way, we have no qualms with cutting it off to figure out, you know, because at the end of the day, if it's hurting our business, then it's not good business. We're moving. Um, So we made some changes and we took the record from our old manager, Dawson, who we're no longer working with at all now Mm -hmm. and uh, went to Kyle O'Dell. Man, I cannot remember the time frame when we started doing that. I think it was 22. We've been sitting on this record for a hot minute. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So we've had to push it back um, like two or three times now. Okay. So during that time, you said you spent, what, a month just working on the album? And then it was done. You guys have been kind of just like in this weird limbo period waiting to put it out. Yeah, because... You know, you know, the transition from, you know, taking the album to Kyle O'Dell and, you know, Dawson. Um, then we were so we were actually working with 10th Street Management. Um, and after we got the uh, album done, uh, we ended up moving on from those dudes. And we started working with um, Unchained Management, which is like the legendary Steve Davis and um Vaughn and Kenny and all the dudes that brought up like Cannibal Corpse and uh, Kill Switch Engage and all oh, wow. the fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So, and we're still working with those dudes and we're extremely happy with them. So, you know, we just, there was a lot of political shit. Can I, can we swear on this? Yeah, you can swear. Okay. Behind the scenes that we had to change. And, um, you know, we were on the horn with the label be like, we're not, comfortable and confident putting this out and giving it the full push. So we need to change some stuff. And, you know, that's just kind of how it was. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, then you guys started working with Unchained. That's probably with the connection. The only, the one thing I know about them is that who manages Memphis Mate Fire, I believe. Yes. Unless they're still not, unless they're, yeah, I was going to say, I think they're still with them. Um, Cool. So then you you, you get everything. So all this stuff kind of happens and kind of postpones the release of the album. It sounds like. Yep. Okay. I don't know um, if a lot of people know that, but I I don't I don't I'm not, I'm weird about social media, so I try and keep to myself with stuff. I feel like a lot of social media poisons the mind, but 100%. You know what I mean? So, I don't well, know I appreciate if a lot of people... you telling me. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, I mean, I do my fair share of social media stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm talking well, like the the actual garbage. You know what I mean? The yeah. stuff that rots your mind. Sure. Right. No, 100%. I was just kidding. Um, <laughs> well, okay. So, yeah, the album's coming out. Probably super excited, obviously, tonight at midnight. Uh, you got to do the tour with Memphis May Fire, and then the album's coming out. And what what what's going on from there? Like, are you, since you've been sitting on the record for a long time, have you guys been working on new music that you're probably like, oh, can't wait? To you know what I mean? Like, there's, you know, since there's um, been a lot of time in between. There was there was a handful of things that didn't um, get to make this record that I think we could turn around and pop something pretty awesome out. Um, not too long, but honestly, uh, we haven't really been like focusing on new music right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been pretty crazy. Like the the Memphis Mayfire tour, I think was honestly the best tour we've ever done. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, the camaraderie between like us and all the bands, Norma Jean, there was secrets and then Memphis. 
Um, and we, we got to know Memphis, uh, you know, Maddie and Kellen pretty well because they actually helped us on a song called Rain Fire that's actually on the new album. Oh, really? Yes. That's awesome. So, yeah, because I know Kellen's a, he produced the like majority of the Memphis Mayfire stuff anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. The dude is a savant. He's such a talented writer and guitar player and singer and engineer. And Maddie is an angelic singer. You know what I mean? His, <laughs> yeah. He's got melodies just flow off of him um so yeah we got to know those dudes and then it was awesome actually going out on tour with them and it was such a good tour but like man the very last tour date our our axle on our bus snapped oh my gosh and that was in memphis tennessee and the bus and our trailer and equipment is still down there oh my and it's just man it's like one thing after another with things so we're trying to get that together and then we're going out with uh red in september to support they're about to drop a new record yeah i saw that's that's gonna be that's gonna be a big tour yeah yeah, we're i've been a fan of those dudes since i've started playing music oh wow that's awesome yeah yeah because you're doing like september and november i mean you've got a lot of dates with them yep it looks like um we're doing a majority of september taking the whole month of october off and then going back for a majority of november which is great for dudes with little kids you know right i was gonna say it probably works out really well for you since you have kids and you don't have to be gone for three months yep i prefer that all day for um mental health between us and the kids you know the kids my my kids could uh i'm not even on purpose but my son he's five he he could do a good job of like guilt tripping me you know i bet yeah my son does the same thing he's seven and he and i don't even really leave all that often (laughs) <laughs> yeah, just, all, all the kids will, you know, FaceTime me and then my wife will put the phone up to him and he'll look at to see that it's me. And then he just turns away. Oh, he won't talk, he won't communicate with me while I'm out on the road. Oh, man, dude, that's horrible. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it is rough. Um, But, you know, it is what it is. He he doesn't know how to to cope with his feelings, I'm assuming. Is right. What that I mean, is. he's still young. Sure. Yeah. Wow. Well, Oh my gosh. Well, uh, congratulations on the album coming out tonight. Are you doing anything? Just chilling at home? Go to your, yeah. go next door to your brother's house at the backyard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm actually at his house right now in his, uh, saw room. Um, oh, that's where cool. we like to do our interviews, but, um, yeah, I think they'll probably him and his wife and stuff might have a few drinks. I don't know. I've been sober for a couple of years now. So congratulations. <laughs> I'm sober as well. Yeah. Um, actually, after that, a tray you two are. I don't know if that tells you anything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I had to. Uh, I lost my mind for a while there, so I I've been sober for a while. Oh, congratulations, which is good. I like dude. It. Thanks, yeah, man. That's you awesome. as well. How long have you been sober? Uh, a sixteen? No, about eighteen months now. Nice. Yeah, since have January twenty two. Have you noticed a, a difference at all? Like your mental health better? hundred percent. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I do like the AA program and all that stuff. So that's been good for me and building yep. kind of a community within, within that. I always thought it was kind of weird beforehand. Uh, yeah. but, you know, you get involved in it and you're like, yeah, these people are pretty cool. So nice. um, <laughs> I've been digging Look, that. Luckily I didn't have to do that. I mean, I, I did cold Turkey. I, I don't think I really had a drinking problem. I think it was more of, uh 
when I, when I get put under stress, like with certain things with that tour, I was uh-huh. drinking whiskey and I just turned so aggressive and so hateful. And I just didn't, there was too yeah, many nah. problems where I was like, nah, I don't, that's no one needs that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. hundred percent. Oh yeah, dude. I, I, I relate so much to that <laughs> statement. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, well, I'm congratulations on the sobriety. That's awesome. Thanks, man. Um, you too. Yeah, it's definitely uh, changed my life quite a bit. But um, and congratulations on the album, and and thanks for taking time, Zach. Uh, it's great to be able to meet you as well. Because I think when I interviewed your brother last time, like he was at he, there's a couple of times during the interview where he's he's like asking you questions like off the the video, <laughs> like he's like I think it was. Do you remember what time it was? And then like you guys are, it it was pretty funny. So it's cool to like you know put a face to the the voice in the background and right you know, actually hear your your you know your piece of this all and it's right it's been a great time i appreciate it yeah i appreciate it too um i you know not being the lead singer i don't do a lot of interviews but when i when i get to do my i i enjoy it so i you, do appreciate it yeah you're doing an awesome job i have one more question before i let you go i want to yeah. know if you have any advice for aspiring artists um Practice, 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 and uh, probably the most important thing is if you want to try and make it, like, make a living out of it, learn the business, music business. So learn the business, learn the ins and outs. Uh, Don't trust anyone. uh, And make sure you have a tight circle that you can trust. Love it, man. Thank it's you so much. That sound. <laughs> but it's, dude, the truth hurts most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>